0: It's great to be in the SEC every week right here on the SEC Recap Podcast. A ton to get into today. A lot of news from around the league. Jaden Rashada, he might not be a Florida Gator anymore. Kendall Bryles from Arkansas is headed elsewhere. And we're going to take a look at each SEC East team's 2023 schedule and look at how many wins and losses each squad will come up with next year. We're going to get into all of that and more right here on the SEC Recap Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SEC Recap Podcast. I am your host, Ben Warren you're joining us in audio form on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon, thank you for tuning in. If you're joining us uh, again on YouTube, thank you so much for being here. YouTube growth continues to trend up. I am always appreciative to every single one of you. While you're here, if you're gonna hang out with us for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, not quite sure how long this episode's gonna go yet. But while you're here, you might as well smash that thumbs up. My goal is always to get 10, 20 likes on every video. We've been exceeding that uh, thanks to you all. And I usually like to pose a question or a thought below in the comments. And I pin that to get you guys to engage with me, guys and gals, I should say. Um, So drop a comment, smash the thumbs up. And if you're here... You've been with me for a video, two videos, three videos, and you haven't subbed yet. Take a chance, sub to the channel. I'm probably gonna put out something that you'll like eventually. I mean, the odds are kind of in my favor, right? If I if I make enough content, eventually I might uh, hit that bullseye for what you're looking for. Uh, really quick, guys, let's get into it. Tons of news, starting with. Jaden Rashada, now a lot of people have reported on this lately. This is coming from sports, uh, but the news has come out uh, that Jaden Rashada, four-star recruit, switched from Miami to Florida, has now asked for his release from the University of Florida, likely all due to this name, image, and likeness deal falling through. Uh, according to this report from yahoo sports Rashada had an agreement with an NIL collective for an endorsement deal contingent upon signing with the Florida Gators that deal was valued at a maximum of 13 million so that's an insane number first of all second of all it's unlikely that he would have would have received that full value due to how the NIL deals are structured Um, You know, they're based on things that he goes out and does for this collective as a part of whatever this agreement was. So a maximum value of $13 But apparently that was well beyond the means of the collective's financial abilities. Probably some donors or some boosters that had been coerced into that backed out. And when news of this started going around, it did not look good. It looked like the Florida Collective had gotten in over their head. So Rashada is asking to be released. He will be free to sign with any other school. He might go back to Miami. Uh, I think he had some kind of $9 million NIL deal there with the Hurricanes. Um, and it was that max value of $13 million that reportedly drew him from Miami to Gainesville regardless he's a good enough player he will land somewhere where though that remains to be seen yet another pitfall of you know how NIL is structured uh you know these collectives can make a lot of promises but at the end of the day you better deliver on some element of it and whatever they were negotiating whatever they could deliver was apparently not enough for Rashada and his family, or it was not what they had initially agreed to. Uh Moving on. Kendall Bryles being reported today. He is expected to leave Arkansas for TCU. Okay. So this is big Arkansas. This is coming from Saturday down South reported by Adam Spencer. So, uh, Barry Odom took the UNLV head coaching job several weeks ago. And so now Browse is being stolen away to TCU because TCU's offensive coordinator, uh, has gone for, to Clemson, uh, which is a great pickup for Clemson. And I think this is a good move for Briles. Uh, he spent the 15 and 16 season, uh, at Baylor, he's also in at Houston in 2018. Uh, so this is a this is a solid move for Kendall Browse. He's a good OC. I think it's a it's a good get for TCU. I think he'll be a natural fit. What does this mean for Arkansas, though? I mean, you know, Sam Pittman uh, you know, bringing in a new DC and now a new OC, maybe not the continuity that. Razorbacks fans wanted headed into next year with KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders returning. You were hoping for a lot more offensive continuity. This is going to kind of throw a wrench into that, but there's a lot of time between now and then. We've got all of spring ball. We've got all of fall camp. Uh, Sam Pittman's a good coach. Uh, They really like him down there. I have no doubt that he'll make some good hires Will it be a Kendall Browse level? I don't know, um, but we'll stay tuned to that story and keep you updated here on the SEC recap. And then, really tragic story here, tragic in a lot of ways for for the for the woman who was the victim of this shooting in Tuscaloosa. Uh, an update on the Darius Miles former because uh, he was released from the basketball team and the university, University of Alabama basketball player being charged with capital murder, okay? Not just murder, but capital murder. That means that uh, life imprisonment or the death penalty uh, are on the table for this. Apparently, Darius Miles was not the shooter, but he supplied the weapon to the person who shot uh, Jamia Harris, Michael Davis. Um, so hugely problematic. Uh, Darius Miles provided the handgun to Michael Davis. I, this is just such a tragic story. I know this is being reported everywhere. I'm not breaking anything here. Um, but it's tragic to see people throw their lives away over, you know, arguments when you're out. When you're out for a night, You you know, Maybe you consume it a little bit. uh, You get into an altercation, and then it just escalates to the point where you know a woman loses her life. It's just so tragic, and I don't really have the words, the words to fully describe it. Um, But you know, for Darius Miles, you have to take responsibility here. You know, you didn't you didn't commit the crime, but you were an accessory in the crime. You you were there. You supplied this weapon um it's it's a really bad look for Alabama men's basketball program who right now is you know maybe the best team in the conference this is really kind of a dark spot right now i don't believe this reflects on the rest of the basketball team but it does make you question how a guy like this got involved in something this extreme this severe Uh, I'm not saying there's a culture problem or a culture issue at all whatsoever. That's not what I'm suggesting. Uh, But from time to time, you have bad apples in the bunch. Um, And this is the one that hopefully they have gotten rid of before he was able to spoil the rest of the bunch. Really tragic. My thoughts, my heart goes out to uh, the friends, family, relatives of Jamea Harris. Um, And I hope that... All the details, all the facts of this uh, surrounding the story come to light. Um, and families, friends of the victim can receive some form of justice from this. Okay, uh, I'm gonna move on from there, but I'm gonna stick with basketball really quick before we get into our 2023 sec schedule predictions. I know that's why a lot of you guys are here. I wanted to do the news and stuff first. We'll stick with basketball. Um, going back to Saturday, um, the the biggest one was Tennessee's loss in Knoxville to Kentucky. And I should have known this was gonna happen, guys. I should have known because at the very end of my last episode, I had to open my mouth and say that it's a dumpster fire in Lexington. You can go back and listen to it. Uh, You know, fast forward to the last minute or two of that episode. I opened my big fat mouth because Kentucky just got beat by South Carolina at Rupp, uh, a team that Tennessee beat by 40 points on the road in Columbia. You thought this is a game that Vols were just licking their lips, ready to get Kentucky into Thompson bowling. Um you know Kentucky maybe they're coming in limping coming in wounded but man tucky came in ready to play uh you know they crashed the glass they out-rebounded Tennessee like Tennessee just really had no answer for anything that Kentucky was doing and so i have a lo- i still have a lot of questions for Kentucky you, first of all you want to see more consistency from the wildcats uh, you know, losing to South Carolina, then winning on the road in Knoxville, and then letting Georgia kind of hang around for for the first half before, you know, going on a rip and and beating them. But I have a lot more questions for Tennessee, too. I don't think anybody's questioning that defense. But when you're missing Tyreek Key uh, and you're missing Santiago Vescovy, like we just saw against uh, Mississippi State down in uh, Stark, Vegas, like, can they find enough offense? Can they generate enough offense? Kentucky basically guarded the three-point line, and when Tennessee can't shoot three, it seems that they really struggle to shoot uh, inside that three-point line. And, and it showed against Kentucky they just could not find enough offense. Now, I think this defense is good enough to get them through to the NCAA tournament. I, I'm not even going to talk about seeding yet, whether it'll be a two-seed or a three-seed. I mean, it's definitely possible Tennessee drops, you know, a a couple more games here, wouldn't put that past them. But if you can limit that, you know, Alabama is going to be a real challenge. You still got to go back to Lexington and play Kentucky again. I think that's going to be a challenge. Is Missouri the real deal? You know, that could present a challenge. When Tennessee can't find offense, uh, you know, as good as that defense is, you still have to be able to score more points than the other team. So that defense, I think, will keep them in. but can they find the offense when it matters? Credit to Kentucky. Uh, I will eat my, my crow on that one. Kentucky showed up and put it to the volunteers. Um, Alabama did Alabama things to LSU. We'll look at the game. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. Um, so games coming up tonight. Worth watching here. Uh, Auburn going to LSU. Um, watching that one Auburn four and a half point favorite Texas A&M going to Florida Texas A&M quietly one of the better teams in the SEC this year Um, and then Arkansas going to Mizzou kind of legit oh you know 100% sure what they're gonna be this season but let's look look at the stand Alabama, to me, kind of the clear number one team in the conference. Uh, these are sort of by percentage, but A and M in the conference four and o, twelve and five overall. Okay, so not perfect, but in conference, I think the Aggies are a team that may challenge again. You know, they made that deep run in the SEC tournament last year. Vols edged them out, uh, right behind them, Tennessee good team, good defense, a lot of questions on offense especially when the three-point shot doesn't hit. And then, you know, Auburn maybe a step back from last year, Georgia kind of a surprise uh from last year. 3 and 2 in conference but 13 and 5 overall playing way better than last year. Um Arkansas right now, this is why I have you know the questions about Arkansas: twelve and five overall, but not good in conference play. Just one and four right now. That puts them down there with LSU, with South Carolina, and then Mississippi State and Ole Miss at the bottom. Um. So on the schedule tonight, really interesting Auburn LSU game and that Arkansas Missouri game. I want to see how that shot for the. Ra- Razorbacks. All right, guys. Move in to the good stuff. How is each SEC team gonna finish in the 2023 season? Now, this is not the prettiest uh infographic I've ever made. In fact, I sat down to record this episode and then realized, oh crap, I need I need a thumbnail graphic. Uh so I made this re- I made this one really quick, but the the real substance here is not in the graphic. It's in what we're going to talk about. So other podcasts, other analysts, other people who cover football have done this kind of stuff. A lot of people do this right when the schedules come out. I like to wait till now. We're we're in post-football season, SEC basketball season. We've got a lot of time between now and next year to squeeze in all of these fun little off-season, you know, Prediction type of things. So I like covering this now because it gives me just a little bit of football to talk about. So I wanted to cover the SEC East in this episode. Next episode, I'll cover the SEC West, split it up, lets us uh, spread out the content a little bit more that way, and to really go through. Uh, the seven teams in each division schedule without feeling like I gotta rush it to squeeze it in and in 30, 40 minutes. For most of my episodes, I like for these to be around the 30 minute mark because um, that's about as long as my attention span is when I'm listening to podcasts or watching videos any longer than that and I start to tune out. By the way, if you're listening to this, this is gonna be kind of visual heavy. I'll, I'll make it as audio friendly as possible. However, if you don't wanna get on YouTube, you can get on Spotify and I upload every episode as a video podcast. So if you don't wanna watch on YouTube or you just don't like messing with YouTube at all, jump on Spotify, you have the option to listen to this episode or watch the same video that the folks uh, over on YouTube are watching. So let's get right into it guys. This is not, again, not the prettiest graphic that I've ever made. Um, I just downloaded the schedule sh- straight from the SEC network. This is the uh, the grid schedule for next season. And went through and highlighted in green the games I thought each team would win. And highlighted in red, or if you want to call that red, pinkish red, uh, the games that I thought each team will lose. And then for some you'll see are split, they're half green, half red. And those to me are toss up games. They could go either way and I'll explain my thoughts as we go along. So if you're looking at this and you're hunting and searching for your team, uh, bear with me, please afford me the opportunity to explain why I've chosen the way that I have uh, before clicking out of the video because you're mad that I have your team, you know, losing three games or four games. The first thing I want to say is these are floor projections. So I wanted to leave room for upside because teams always surprise you. For example, this past season, Vanderbilt, I think Vegas set the over under on Vandy wins at two and a half preseason. Now, if you smash the over, you did awesome. And if you're a Commodores fan, you were ecstatic with last year. I mean, what an incredible year for Clark Lee and that squad. Um, Had a lot of doubts about him initially as a hire, but I think he proved last year, especially with the win over Kentucky and Florida. uh, He, I mean, he did exactly what you're supposed to do at Vandy. When you catch Kentucky in a down year, when you catch a Florida in a down year, you have to take advantage of that, and he did. But just because you do it one year doesn't mean it's going to translate to the next year. So in addition to talking through the wins and losses for each team, uh, I'm going to kind of give my take on whether they're a buy, hold, or sell compared to their performance from this past year. So I'm leaving room for upside in these projections. That means realistically, each of these teams could win a game, possibly two games more than what I'm predicting. So don't get mad if I predict your team to go six and six or seven and five. That's the floor with upside for like seven and five or eight and four. Okay. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, and I'm going to start in the order that the, or in reverse order uh, of how the SEC East teams finished last year. So I'll start at the bottom with Vanderbilt. Um, and Vanderbilt going into 2023 is going to be a sell for me. I think Vanderbilt outperformed expectations in the 2022 season and although I expect them to continue to make steps forward as a program, I think they take a little step back this year because of other teams that will probably take steps forward. So here's how I have Vanderbilt finishing. Week 0, Hawaii, calling that a win. Week 1, Alabama A&M, they get them in Nashville. To me, that's a win. Wake Forest, they go to Winston-Salem. I know Sam Hartman uh, is transferring out to, I believe, Notre Dame. But I think that's a tough one still on the road. I'm giving that one to Wake Forest. Not as a toss-up. I'm giving that one to Wake Forest. Then, Commodores travel to Las Vegas. They play UNLV. First-year head coach. Uh, UNLV, I think, lost like, four or five straight to end the season. Uh, I may have that a little wrong, but uh, not a great team. I think they finished with a similar record as Vanderbilt, but I think that's one Vandy can win on the road. So I'm giving Doors the win in Vegas. Then they get Kentucky in Nashville. I think Kentucky is one of those teams that takes a step forward next year. They got uh, Cohen returning, I believe as offensive coordinator. Uh, They have the... I'm blanking on his name, but they have the new quarterback coming in, uh, I think from NC State. And uh, Vanderbilt's former running back, uh, Ray Davis, is transferring to Kentucky. I think this is a game that goes Kentucky's way, even in Nashville. Then, because I think they're going to get one, this is the one that seems the most likely to me, Missouri. Uh, The Tigers come to Nashville. And I think Vanderbilt gets that one this year. It was a really close one last year. It was really kind of a slug fest. um It was one of those games where you probably take the under uh i'm gonna i'm am i I'm not even saying this is a toss up. I think Vanderbilt makes a stride this year and gets Missouri at home. Then they have to go to the swamp to play Florida. They play in Gainesville. I know they got Florida last year. I don't think they get them next year. I think. They lose that one on the road. Then they get Georgia at home. I think they lose that one at home. I think everybody does. Then they go Ole Miss in Oxford. I think that's a loss. Auburn in Nashville. I think that's a loss. And then South Carolina. They go to Columbia. I think that's a loss. And they end the season in Knoxville against Tennessee. I think that's a loss. So I have Vandy going four and eight overall uh, with just one conference win. Now, that's the floor. There are games that I think they could be competitive. I think they could possibly compete with Kentucky. They could possibly compete with Florida because we don't know what's going on in Florida right now. But I'm saying that's the floor for Vanderbilt for next year. So my stock on Vanderbilt, I'm selling compared to the 2022 season. All right, let's go to Missouri now. Let me make sure I'm squared up on the page here. Yeah, we got all of them. All right, Missouri. They got South Dakota at home to open the season. That's a win. Middle Tennessee, that could be a toss-up, but it's a game that the Tigers should win. It's in Columbia. I'd watch out for that one, though. Then Kansas State, Big 12 champs come to Columbia. Really good team. I don't see why they won't be again next year. I think, I think Tigers lose that one to the Wildcats. Then they play Memphis in St. Louis. Interesting neutral site game, but it's a game that I think Mizzou should win. Then they go to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. I've already said I think Vanderbilt wins that one, so I'm calling that a road loss. Coming off of the Memphis game, then. LSU in Columbia, Kentucky in Lexington, South Carolina in Columbia, Missouri. I think all three of those are losses. Now, I know Mizzou has had South Carolina's number the last two, three, four years. And Tigers went to South Carolina and won on the road. I think the Gamecocks get that one in Columbia. Then Mizzou goes to Georgia and Athens. They get Tennessee in Columbia, I think that's a loss and a loss. Um, And then they get Florida late in the season. Gators come to Columbia. This is a toss-up for me. Depending on what Florida turns into next year, that remains to be seen. But for the past two seasons, Dan Mullen's last season and Billy Napier's first season, late season Florida has been a disaster. Late season Florida has been a disaster. Gators fans, please don't hate me for saying that. I'm just calling it like I see it. Um, So depending on what Florida team we get at the end of the 2023 season, that could go either way and Mizzou could end up with a W there. And then finally, they go to Arkansas in Fayetteville. Missouri did really well against a good Arkansas team or I say a fair Arkansas team. Last year, I think that's a game that Missouri can also win again. Arkansas has a new DC, new OC. I know they got KJ Jefferson coming back. A lot of good offensive pieces. Uh, I have questions about that defense. Uh, Mizzou has a little more consistency. I know they've lost some offense, uh, some offensive components, but I think that's a game that uh, Mizzou should win. So I have one, two, three, four possibly five wins for Mizzou and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight losses. So four and eight, uh, five and seven is kind of where I have Mizzou next year, possibly falling just short of eligible. So Mizzou is a slight sell to me compared to last year. All right, now let's take a look at Florida. And right away, you're going to notice the checkerboard pattern here if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify uh, with the Florida schedule. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, toss up, loss. That's kind of how I see Florida's season going. I'll talk you through it. They go to Salt Lake City to play Utah. Utah ended the season really strong. I know Florida stunned Utah in the home opener in 2022. Do not think that happens on the road next year. Uh, I think they lose to Utah. Then they get McNeese State in Gainesville. I think that's a dub. Then they get Tennessee in Gainesville. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this one when I get to Tennessee because it has more to do with Tennessee than it does Florida. But I think they lose to Tennessee in Florida next year. Then they get Charlotte and Gainesville. That should be a dub. They go to Lexington to play Kentucky. Kentucky rolled into the swamp and upset Florida last year uh following that uh or a couple weeks after that arc or that Utah win. um I think the Gators might lose on the road in Lexington next year to an improved Kentucky offense. So I'm calling that one a loss for the Gators. Then they go to or they get Vanderbilt in Gainesville. I think that's a win. Then they travel to Columbia, South Carolina to play the Gamecocks revenge game for the Gamecocks. Gators blew them out in the swamp last year. I think the Gamecocks get revenge and the Gators take the L on that one. Uh world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Ugh, man, please. it is time to make this game uh Get this game on the campuses. This game needs to be played in Athens and in Gainesville. I am tired of seeing this game in Jacksonville. Uh, Smash that like or drop a comment if you agree or disagree. Uh, But I think they lose that one um, handily to Georgia. I'll I'll give you my thoughts on Georgia when we get to Georgia. But to me, that's an L. Uh, They get Arkansas in Gainesville. That's a game the Gators should win. They have to go play LSU in Baton Rouge. I'm calling that one a loss. Then they go to Columbia Mo. Como to play the Missouri Tigers. That's that toss-up game, depending on what Florida team we get, right? How bad is that LSU road game, uh, followed by having to travel to Columbia for another road game? I think that could be a toss-up. Uh, and if Florida has been as bad, or Florida is as bad as they have been at the end of the season next year, it could be, trouble for the gators and then they get florida state in gainesville um that could be a toss-up but florida state is making strides there i haven't seen anything from florida yet to suggest uh that they will improve beyond florida state next year so i'm giving that one to florida state so that's four possibly five wins for the gators next year and you know seven losses so you know, five and seven again, I think it's possible they fall just short of bowl eligibility. Remember, guys, these are floor projections. I'm leaving room for upside here. Um, because as I'll explain as we go along, uh, you know, I well, I just can't predict every team, you know, to go eight and four, or I can't predict every team to go 10 and two. Uh, somebody's got to lose. So, by sticking with the floor projections, I'm leaving room for those upside surprises. All right, let's take a look at Kentucky next. Kentucky, I am a, or sorry, going back to Florida real quick. I am a sell on Florida. I'm a slight sell on Florida. I think they stay the same or maybe slightly regress because I just have so many questions at that quarterback position. Uh, who steps up on defense? Like they should be a better defense, but, uh, you know, can that receiver core? Take a big step up, you know, with question marks at quarterback. I don't know. I'm gonna have to see a lot more from spring practice and fall camp. All right, Kentucky. I'm a buy on Kentucky. Um, a significant buy on Kentucky, I think. Uh they, you know, Liam Cohen coming back as OC. believe, I hope I got that right. Um, and Ray Davis coming in. They love to build an offense around the running backs. Um, so they get. Open the season with Ball State in Lexington, that's a win. Eastern Kentucky in Lexington, that's a win. Akron in Lexington, that's a win. By the way, watch out for your knees, guys. Akron plays dirty. Um, then they go to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. I think that's a win. And then they get the Gators in Lexington. I think that's a win. So they get four home games out of their first five and I think their first five games are all wins. They go 5-0 and before they have to go on the road to Athens to play the Bulldogs, which is going to be an L. Then they get the Mizzou Tigers in Lexington. Bounce back game for the Wildcats there. That will be a win. They get an open date before getting Tennessee traveling to Lexington. I think Wildcats will want some revenge. We'll have to see what their quarterback position looks like, what that offense looks like. Can that offensive line improve? Because they were disastrous this past year. Um, But Tennessee has done nothing but be on the upswing since Josh Heupel arrived. He outperformed expectations in his first year. He outperformed last year. I still think Tennessee will be good enough to take care of Kentucky in Lexington. So I think that one's a loss for the Wildcats. Then they go to Starkville to play the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Klanga, I think that's a loss. Then they get the wonderful cross-division draw of playing Alabama, even though they host the Tide in Lexington. That's going to be an L. Then they go to Columbia, South Carolina. And you know South Carolina those Gamecocks they snuck up on them in Lexington last year and got that win. I know Will Levis was a playin and Kentucky has this game circled. But I think South Carolina wins that one win in Columbia. So that's a loss to the Gamecocks and then they go to Louisville to play Louisville where they end the season with a win. So you know I think seven and five, maybe eight and four is right around where I have Kentucky. So I'm slightly more bullish on Kentucky going into next year compared to this past year. All right, moving on down, we got three to go. The South Carolina Gamecocks, they opened their season Excuse me. Yeah. They open their season with a neutral site game against North Carolina in Charlotte. This one is a toss up for me. North Carolina, really great offense, really great quarterback. Um, That defense needs to improve significantly. Uh, We could have us a shootout here, depending on uh, what South Carolina's offense looks like going into the fall. But I'm calling that one a toss up. Then they get Furman at home. That's a win. They go to Athens. To play Georgia that's a loss they get Mississippi State in Columbia that's a favorable matchup there I like that one for the Gamecocks then they got to go to Knoxville to play Tennessee now some people might look at this and call Mississippi State a trap game it's right in between two pretty big road games Georgia and Athens Tennessee in Knoxville uh, but I think the Gamecocks handle it in Columbia there for the Bulldogs before going on the road to Knoxville. That, I believe, Tennessee fans are going to have circled as a mega revenge game. That was the game last year that caused Tennessee to fall out of the top four, miss the playoffs. Don't know what happened to the Vols that night, but it was a bleep show, if you know what I mean. For the volunteers, credit to the Gamecocks. They won that one straight up. But you got to go to Nealand. This is early in the season. Uh, if Tennessee's still still cranking, Tennessee's still healthy, Joe Milton's playing well, that offense is clicking. If that defense takes a step forward, you got all that orange and white there at the back of. Of the Vols, that's gonna be a tough win. It's hard for me to see South Carolina pulling out that win on the road in that environment. Open date for the Gamecocks. Then they get Florida in Columbia. That's a win. They get uh, the Tigers, uh, or they go on the road to the Mizzou Tigers. I think they get the Tigers there in Como. Then Texas A&M on the road in College Station tough one i'm calling that one a toss up because we still don't know what texas a and m is going to be next year if that offense can improve i might lean texas a and m again a lot of time between now and then we'll know more once we get into fall camp but that one's a toss-up for me right now then jacksonville state at home win vanderbilt at home win kentucky at home Win a nice way to close out your schedule there. Then you get Clemson at home. <sighs> I mean, it's tough. Game Cox, I know you're gonna hate me. You're gonna despise me. You're gonna unsub from the channel. I get it. Please don't. But I'm calling this one a loss because I want to leave upside for that win, right? I I'm I'm just playing the numbers game in my mind. Clemson's got the new OC coming in. I think that offense with Cade Klubnick is gonna be a lot better. Uh, and Clemson's gonna have that circled as a revenge game, but great season for South Carolina. I'm probably a hold maybe a slight buy on the gamecocks next year. so I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight possibly nine wins for South Carolina. I think nine would be the ceiling, uh, but they could certainly certainly achieve that with a win in college station with a win uh against clemson at home so could be looking at a possible nine win season for the gamecocks all right two more to go guys thank you for hanging in there tennessee neutral site game to open the season virginia in nashville dub austin p in knoxville dub florida they go on the road to the swamp i said i would talk about this one a little bit more anytime tennessee goes to the swamp it is It's weird things happen. I've seen better Tennessee teams lose to inferior Florida teams so many times over the last 15 to 20 years. It's inexplicable. It makes no sense. Um, So I'm hesitant to call this one, but I see nothing but positive momentum for the volunteers, even though they're making some big key offensive adjustments going into next year. There's so many question marks at Florida right now this is a big one for Tennessee they beat the Gators at home they got that monkey off their back if they can repeat in the swamp next year that would be huge for the Vols momentum and I think that would push them ultimately back toward like a for sure eight possibly nine win season but I'm saying Tennessee is good enough early in the season to get this one done on the road in Gainesville against that team that just always seems to give them fits. Then they get UT San Antonio in Knoxville. I am calling this one a toss-up because this has trap game written all over it. Road game in Gainesville versus the Gators. Big-time game. Two weeks later, you get South Carolina- back at home in Knoxville, big time revenge game. You cannot overlook UT San Antonio. That is a team that I'm telling you will jump up and bite you if you are not ready for them. I trust Josh Heupel and that coaching staff to have their team fully prepared and to have a game plan, but that is not one you want to overlook because you've got that revenge game with the Gamecocks circled. So watch out for that one, but I think it's a game that San Antonio should win. Now, you'll notice that I have this one as a toss-up for Tennessee, and I didn't for South Carolina. That is because of that trap game nature from the previous week. We have to see what team shows up against San Antonio in Knoxville to kind of know what we're going to get when South Carolina comes to the following week, you go on the road to Gainesville, you got a possible trap game in UTSA and then revenge game with the Gamecocks. I know Vols fans want that one. Vols fans are going to show up, but don't be caught looking ahead here and then take a beating. You know, this is a game you UT San Antonio, you want your starters out in the fourth quarter and you want to rest them because you want them healthy for this South Carolina game in my opinion, okay? But I think that's a game that Tennessee should win, both of those. Then they get their cross-division draw, Texas A&M, after an open date, in Knoxville. We still have to see what Texas A&M is gonna look like next year, but that's a game the Vols are certainly capable of winning. Kind of reminds me of the LSU game last year where LSU is actually the favorite to win that game at home in Baton Rouge. Tennessee... I think should be the favorite to win this game in Knoxville, but if they're not fully ready for it, Texas A&M has enough talent on that roster and enough coaching uh, that they could sneak up and bite the Vols, especially if they're able to give their offense fits. Then, third Saturday in October, Vols have to go to Tuscaloosa to play the Crimson Tide. They got that monkey off their back last year as well, along with. The Florida win, but this is going to be a tough one going on the road. Uh, I like the Valls going into next year. Don't think they have what it takes to get that win in Tuscaloosa. Calling that one a loss. They go to Lexington to play Kentucky. Win. UConn in Knoxville. Win. Missouri in Como. Win. Georgia coming to Knoxville. Should the Valls be able to compete with Georgia? Yes, they should be able to compete. But I do not believe they should be favored in that game, so I think that's going to be a loss to Georgia in Knoxville. Then they end the season with Vandy coming to town. That's a win. So my floor for the Vols: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, possibly nine wins with 10-win upside, very similar to the 2022 season. 10 wins is not their floor. I think eight wins is their floor. Nine wins is kind of where I have them, but they do have the possibility for another 10-win season. We'll see how it shakes out. And last, but certainly not least, in fact, number one overall, the Georgia Bulldogs have what has to be the cakewalkiest of cakewalks to a 2023 Pete next year. UT Martin at home, dub. Ball State at home, dub. South Carolina at home, dub. UAB at home, dub. First four games, all at home. Then Auburn in Auburn, that should be a win. Kentucky comes to town, that should be a win. They go to Nashville to play Vandy. That should be a win. I think the Bulldogs start out 7-0 and oh before their open date. Then, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Again, get that game to Athens or Gainesville, please. That should be a win. Mizzou comes to town. Win. Ole Miss comes to town. Win. They go on the road to Knoxville. They should be the favorite in that game. Call in it a win then Georgia Tech in Atlanta calling it a win. If Georgia does not go 13 and 0 next season, somebody jumped up and bit them. Uh, Georgia's my favorite right now to win the East again next year and play probably Alabama, possibly LSU for the SEC division title, but you're gonna have to wait until next episode to see my wins and losses for the SEC West real quick I'll show you my breakdown compared to last season um so I think all the teams finish basically in the same order that they finished this year anything could happen in the middle there you know with the uh Florida Kentucky depending on you know What happens at South Carolina? My top two favorites in the East, Georgia, number one. I still like Tennessee at number two. I think they have the best path to nine wins, possibly 10. But South Carolina is sitting right there in that eight, possibly nine win territory too. So Tennessee, I think, regresses just a game from last year. South Carolina improves a game in conference from last year. Uh, so I think Tennessee, South Carolina could both possibly go five and three in conference. Tennessee, maybe six and two. I don't see South Carolina going six and two, but it could happen. Um, Kentucky, three and five in conference, seven and five overall. That's about where I have them with eight and four upside. Florida, three and five in conference. Maybe four, four and four just depends. Uh, five and seven overall, maybe six and six upside. That's a game worse than last year. Mizzou, uh, a game worse overall and in conference last year, two and six, five and seven compared to the twenty twenty two season. And Vanderbilt, I'm sorry, I know it's not pretty, but I, you know it's possible. I think Vandy could win a couple games in conference. I just don't think you're going to catch uh, a Florida, a down Florida team in Gainesville. Uh, And I don't think you're going to catch the same down Kentucky team this year. So Vandy, four and eight overall, maybe five and seven upside. But guys, what do I know? I'm just a guy who talks about college football on YouTube. I could be totally wrong. This is just the way I see it. But this is how I'm calling it way too early. If you agree, disagree, I don't care. Love it. Let me hear it in the comments. Just be nice about it. Uh, love engaging with you all. Thanks for sticking this one out. I know this one was way longer than I intended it to be, but I appreciate you all as always. Give me a follow on Twitter at SEC Recap. You can check out my SEC Pride merch on the Bonfire store, bonfire.com slash store slash SEC Recap. That link is always in the episode descriptions. Um, And let me know your thoughts. Drop a like on the video, smash the thumbs up, sub to the channel, love engaging with you guys. The growth on the channel has been awesome in the months of December and January. I wanna keep that rolling, but wanna know uh, what gets you engaged the most. Is it recruiting? Is it football? Is it basketball? Is it March Madness? Is it spring camp? Is it fall camp? What can I bring more of to the table? to, to bring you more of what you wanna hear. I'm rambling now, I'll shut up. Guys, have a great week, have a great weekend. I will catch you on the SEC West Breakdown next episode right here on the SEC Recap Podcast.